Christmas, happy holidays. It's me, Jay Eggman. This is the Opinions Zone podcast. And how could I go through the festive period without checking with you guys, the listeners, the subscribers, the followers of the Opinion Zone? So don't worry. I thought, you know what? I've got some time with this Christmas and I want to spend it with you. That's right, guys. It's me and you together. Guess what? You know what Christmas means? It means there's, for a lot of people, if you work an office job, no work, probably broken up for Christmas. If you're in school, hey, no school over Christmas. Studying, probably allowed to take a brief pause from that. It is a great time of happy faces, warm-hearted movies, decorations, chocolate, food, everything. It's just joy. And I bet all we've heard the last couple of days is happy, 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 festive, festive, festive. You know what, guys? I'm not okay. I'm turning 35 in the next 12 months, and I'm sat here talking into a MacBook in a one-bed flat, all on my own some, except for my beautiful dog, Jess. I've got Sonic merch I can see in every corner of my eyesight. But it makes me wonder, is that normal? Is that okay? Are people not asking questions like, isn't Sonic meant to be for children? Why is that man still interested in Sonic the Hedgehog? Does he not have it was kind of a cute husband when they or did, wife like, to go speak show to? Thing when they were in their early know, 20s. When they say they're a Sonic fan, a bit but you know, at that age, I'm sure Most it's all sort of sexual are popular in the Sonic stuff. fandom these days. It's a bit of a like, man-child syndrome. Like, you've got to let go like, of your childhood. This guy know yeah. Someone hurt you? They're all fairies. I don't care what you say. You just hang around in that show. Kid has. You like Sonic. You are telling me something. You are not a then, aren't you a bit too old to be a Sonic fan? I don't know. I mean, it feels fine. I enjoy collecting the merchandise and I do still like playing the Sonic games. Admittedly, most of those games are ones I played as I was a kid and a teenager. So maybe that's actually a sign that it is time to let go and move on and do grown-up things like get a mortgage, buy shares in something. Actually, while you guys are here, you might as well make yourself useful. I could do some free therapy. So what I think we should do is I will go back through the very beginning of my childhood when I first became a Sonic fan up until the moment we are sat here right now and see, was it worth it? Was it justified? Or is it something I need to let go of and simply move on from? I think that's a good idea. We're going to do that. I'm going to get a chair, find somewhere comfy, you can go get a notepad and pen, because trust me, you're going to have to write some notes for whatever this chaotic mess is going to turn out to be. And we can work it out together. The perfect way to spend Christmas. It's like a full-on, like, you know, Christmas carol, go Christmas past, Christmas present, hopefully not Christmas future. So you can be the ghosts, I can be Scrooge, and we can work it out together. While you go find your notepad and pen, let's play some tunes.
That was, if you can believe it, Ice Cap Zone mashed up with Hard Times by the Jetsons. Indeed. Okay, I appreciated that time. I'm now settled, laid back on my sofa, got my dog by my side who's snoring. You know, there's a drink in my hand. And you know what? The theatre of audio and radio, we have a fireplace too. Why not? In fact, some festive music could be good ambience too. Yes, yes, that that's what we want. I appreciate you taking the time to do this for me and, you know, listening to my ramblings. Hopefully together we can come to some sort of conclusion about this whole midlife sonic crisis I'm having. So, had a quick think through during that break we had, and I was thinking, what was my first experience with Sonic the Hedgehog? And it's come to my attention that I was into Sonic the character before I even knew that Sonic was a video game thing. I definitely have strong memories of a Sunday morning at stupid o'clock before even a kid should be getting out of bed, watching the Sonic cartoon on an early morning. I also have memories of buying Sonic the comic. Again, having no understanding of any references to the games, because I know a lot of the storylines reference the games, but did not mean anything to me because I didn't play the games. I also weirdly remember having an annual or some sort of magazine that had a big pull-out colouring in poster of might have been the island, something like that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I also remember having a cassette box. <laughs> Very 90s. Long, cuboid sort of shape. Put cassette tapes in it, zipped up, had pictures of Sonic all around it. I wish I knew what happened to that, but that is long gone. The other thing I realised I need to think about is what was my actual first gaming experience with Sonic? And I have realised what it is. Now, I'll let you play this game with me, okay? What console did Jay have first? Now, bearing in mind, I was born in 1987, okay? And I was probably, you know... I'd say between four and eight. I was in the first set. I was in my early years of school, basically. Primary school, as you'd call it in the UK. Now, so bearing that in mind, what do you think my first console experience was? Do you think it was, I don't know, maybe uh, Sega Master System? You know, playing some Sonic games and that. Maybe I was lucky enough to get a Mega Drive. Uh, Maybe I was playing one of that and that. What do we think? What do we think the options are? You know, was I playing a weird, the weird tiger, a little LCD thing? No. Ladies and gentlemen, the answer to what Sega console was my first ever experience with Sonic is... The Sega Pico. (laughs) Yes. I forgot this console even existed, but for those of you who do not know, it was basically an educational games console made by Sega aimed at very very young kids and what you had was basically a large console plugged into your TV like any normal games console would had a stylus it opened up so the bottom half was like a like a drawing tablet that you could draw on with the stylus Uh, the stylus a wired stylus connected to the console and the back half of it was where you put the cartridges in. However, for the Sega Pico, the cartridges were actually books. So it had a game in it, but they were had these pages. And when you turn the page on the Sega Pico game, 
the page would change on the TV screen. And then not only could you draw on the tablet side of it, you could actually use the pen to touch and interact with objects in the book. So if you were on a page one that six memory is a Lion King, if you were open to a page on a certain scene of the story and you tap the pen on a certain character that was on the physical page, the relevant character on the screen would react, make a noise, roar, I don't know. One of those games was Tails. I don't know why this was a thing, but there was one Sonic official game for the Sega Pico, and it was Tails and the Music Maker, where Tails would guide you through the magic of music, taking you through each page was themed around different levels of Sonic games, classic Green Hill, I think there was a Casino Night from what I remember, and yeah, you would just know about instruments and percussion and beats and stuff, and had to play notes on a keyboard. And the end of each of these games always ended with a little colouring in page where you could like stamp Sonic onto images and colour them in and draw things and stuff. I was obsessed with this device. I was literally obsessed. I can't explain why. I can't explain the, the sensibility in it. But I was obsessed with this game. You know what? I think it's worth us re-exploring the music of this game. After all, it was called Tales The Music Maker, a whole game designed around teaching kids about sound. And we know the history of Sonic and music. So let's take a trip back again and let's see what the audio quality and genius was that made up Tales and The Music Maker. <laughs> Okay, okay, fair enough. Maybe, maybe, maybe not the most beautiful thing in the world. However, to be fair, it was very much a limitation on the hardware. This was not Genesis quality hardware. But luckily for us, there is a remix of this song. So OC Remix did actually do a remix from Tales and the Music Maker. So maybe we listen to that instead. I think that will set us off on a better better route for this journey today. remember not only was Sega Pika my first experience in playing anything 
like Sega related, especially as Sonic adjacent game entails and the music maker but my foray further into sonic gaming was not anymore what i would call a normal way in now my best friend kieran had a mega drive and he had the original mega drive i finally got a mega drive 2 uh for a birthday or christmas it's hard to recall and with it came my first ever sonic the hedgehog game isn't Tails adjacent this is a proper game but what was it let's go back and play the game da, da, da. was it Sonic the Hedgehog 1 was it Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was it Sonic the Hedgehog 3 was it even Sonic the Hedgehog uh, and Knuckles no 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 it was Sonic Spinball <laughs> I don't know why it took me so long to just play a normal Sonic game. I went from watching the cartoons, buying the Sonic the comic book, having a weird cassette deck, being into that side of it. I then get a Sega Pico of everything so I can learn numbers and spelling and then learn how to make music. By the way, no offence Tails, but I am musically not talented in any way, shape or form. I don't read notes, I don't know tunes, I, I'm borderline tone deaf. So didn't really teach me anything then the first time i'm playing a sonic game is sonic spinball and for those who remember sonic spinball the aesthetic to sonic spinball couldn't be further from the mainline sonic games at the time and they tried it was very 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 inspired from the cartoons it even had sally acorn appear in it it's just madness to me that was my first sonic game and you know what was it uh, possibly a more grungy, edgy uh, design to a Sonic game? Yes. Were the Scorpion, Eggman, Robotnik enemies traumatising when you look back at them as a kid? Maybe. But was the music in that game good? Oh my gosh. Yes. So good. And I still remember it. Even the opening tune. Oh, I just love it so much. It's just so good. So good. And you know what? Fun fact, I never completed that game as a child. I just couldn't get to the end. It was just so difficult for me as a child. I don't know why, but I really, really struggled with that game. But that has just got some good memories. You know what? From then on, Sonic Gaming got really good. So as I mentioned, my friend had uh, a Mega Drive 2, uh, he had Sonic and Knuckles, that was the game I remember us playing, and we would sit in the living room and we would take it in turns, he was a huge Knuckles fan and therefore my role just became I had to be the Sonic fan I guess, and from then on we would play Sonic and Knuckles, I just remember Mushroom Hill Zone for some reason was such prominence in my mind. And then we would do the thing where, like, I eventually started buying other games. So then I got Sonic 2. So Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was, in my eyes then, the first legit mainline Sonic game I ever owned for myself as a kid. And my gosh, that game 
has an impact on my life. To me, that is the because I guess it was the first Sonic game I owned, and therefore the one I played the most. I didn't play the original Sonic until like much later after that, when I picked it up in a used game store, like still as a kid, but you know, much later. So Sonic 2 to me is like the OG Sonic game. And I love that game. It's got such good music. Like right now in my head, I'm instantly thinking of tunes like Oil Ocean. Like it's just a hypnotic game. I adore it. And I remember getting all the way to the final boss. And ah, uh, when you defeat him, just such good feelings. And as kids, me and my friend Kieran, we would draw fan art of our cat you know like sonic and he would always draw knuckles and we would talk about them and we had this like imaginary fan club where we were so into these characters and like it was just such a good time it just like obviously childhood is always with rose tinted glasses but my goodness just being a kid and just not having any worries in the world and just talking about Sonic and what could new games be. And then one day, one of us picked up Sonic Free. And this sounds ridiculous, but us as kids, for some reason, we had Sonic and Knuckles first and didn't realise that actually it was a follow-on from Sonic Free. So when we found out you could plug Sonic Free into Sonic and Knuckles, it was baffling. You know, in retrospect, it makes me realise like doing the comics first and the cartoons first, then the Sega Pico, then Sonic Spinball, then Sonic 2, then Sonic and Knuckles, then Sonic 3, then Sonic 1. Like, I did it all way out of order. Like, I don't know if that's a normal way kids followed Sonic. I imagine most children at a time bought Sonic 3, knew about Sonic 3, and then Sonic and Knuckles came out. The other thing is, which makes me very happy about Sonic and Knuckles, and I recently purchased, is I got the cardboard box Sonic and Knuckles game. Now, for those of you who don't know, all Mega Drive slash Genesis games came in like a traditional plastic case, but Sonic and Knuckles was different. And I don't know if it was because the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge was bulky and a different shape, but they didn't put it in a, the traditional plastic box. They made a purely cardboard box, which, if you think about it, was way ahead of its time. Now that's all we're doing, all the eco, you know, packaging. But that was the thing. And we had that originally in such mint condition because we bought it when it came out as kids. But what did we do as kids? I still have this as well somewhere. Is we wanted it to fit into a plastic box. So out came the scissors. We chopped up the box. We chopped it up so we could turn it into a sleeve for a plastic case. We decimated that box so it would fit into a plastic case. And then we car using a something sharp, which we shouldn't be doing as a kid, made it so that a cut the ridges that would hold the small cartridge in so that Knuckles cartridge would fit in. And every time I look at that, even as you know, as an adult, I just go, you can't find these get cases anymore. And we had one. And what did we do? We took scissors to it and mangled it into something. But around my birthday in October, 
I was in a used game store, like a retro game store, and just among many other Genesis and Mega Drive games was Sonic and Knuckles in its original cardboard box with a sticker on it which has a picture of the classic Knuckles saying it's not cool to smoke. So obviously at the time there was a big Sonic was supporting a message to kids saying don't get into smoking. It's so 90s. But I saw it. It was £50, which I think was probably, when you take inflation into account, you know, we probably paid the same amount for it when it was new. But I was like, I have to own this. And I bought it, and it sits underneath my television now. And that makes me think, actually, you know, this was a game that had such a huge impact on my life. It has such fun memories of just being with my friends, playing this game. I would, We would swap games as well. So he'd lend me Sonic and Knuckles. I would play it at my house and I would lend him Sonic 2 and so forth. And even as an adult, seeing that game in a shop just brought me so much joy. And I had to buy it there and then. So even after all this time, Sonic still brings me joy. That's a good thing, isn't it? That's a very good thing. Because if I had moved on, and if it was, if I had grown out of it, I would see that in the shop and probably smile, and that would be it, right? But no, it brought me so much joy, I had to take it home with me. So now I'm thinking about it. Yes, Sonic still has an ability to bring out a lot of joy. So that's a good thing, right? I think so. Right. Okay. Too much thinking. Let's play some more music, and then we need to go on to what happened after that. Because from my memory, Sonic in the gaming world after the Mega Drive was a bit of... (laughs) What's the best way to put it? Uh, Troublesome. Yes, troublesome. We'll discuss that after we take another break. Because the Sega Saturn came out. Do I own a Sega Saturn? Yes. When did I get it? I got it in my 20s. When the Sega Saturn came out, I had zero interest in it. 
What did I get for Christmas? I got a PlayStation. I got Crash Bandicoot. I got Tomb Raider, which I was definitely too young to be playing. But, you know, there was a time where parents didn't care about age ratings. They didn't know what it was. It was all just pretty graphics on the screen. I worry about actually that a lot of parents still have that approach and let their kids play Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty when they're 10. Anyway, that's another subject. But yeah, I was just a PlayStation boy. And I think everyone was. Like, PlayStation took over the world. But thinking about it, we would go into a sec- well, a used slash new game store called Pink Planet. Now, I don't know if anyone in the UK remembers Pink Planet. Couldn't tell you why it was called that. But it was one of the, before game and game station, there was Pink Planet. And it had all the PlayStation stuff. But it also had a Sega Saturn section. And even though I didn't own a Sega Saturn, I remember seeing Sonic R up on the shelf. And every time I went into that shop, I'd pick up the box and stare at it. I'd look at the back of it. I'd look at the front of it. It intrigued me how... The boxes were a different shape to what the old Mega Drive boxes were and completely different to what PlayStation boxes were, where PlayStation boxes were more like a bulky CD case. The Sega Saturn game still held on to that, like, Genesis Nintendo era of, like, folded plastic cases. I just always loved staring at it. And then even when Sonic Jam I saw on the shelves, that which was just a compilation, which who knew was going to be literally the beginning of Sega releasing the Sonic retro compilation on every format going. <sighs> Bless you, Sega. I was just, just every time I saw it, and I just loved the fact, thinking about it in my head, that even as a teen, and I was into my PlayStation, and I'd go in to buy Tomb Raider 3 or Tomb Raider whatever, I would still walk by and see these Sonic games on a format I didn't have, and there was just something in my brain that said, I wish I could play that, but I can't. It's sort of sad when I think about it. But not, because later on in life, I bought that console and I bought those games. And now, you know, you can play these games on everything. But, yeah, just so weird to think, isn't it? That even though you were fully invested in this other franchise, and it's weird to think because now I own a PlayStation 5, I own a Series X, I own a Switch, like... In my adult life, I can own all the consoles. But as a kid, you chose your console. And also, I feel like there was more identity back then. Like, if you had a Nintendo 64, you had a Nintendo 64. You were a Nintendo person. And the the option of having both consoles, while it did exist, just wasn't an option. Even if you had the money, I think the loyalty was so intense. And I had opted to go down the PlayStation route. That was until they announced the Dreamcast. Ah, the Dreamcast. Oh, it brings me so much joy just thinking about it. Possibly my favourite console ever. And nothing has beaten it since. And I stand by that. I remember we mentioned my friend Kieran, who was the Knuckles fan. Well, I was a Sonic fan. I remember... He had a subscription or bought the Games Master magazine. Now, Games Master was a TV show uh, also on Channel 4. Interestingly, lots of <laughs> everything seems to be coming back and forth. Like, yes, I watched Sonic on Channel 4. And yes, Games Master was on Channel 4. And they had a magazine, which unfortunately, until very recently, was still in publication. 
but they had a preview of Dreamcast and they had a preview of Sonic Adventure and all we could see were these pictures not the best quality these pictures in this magazine of Sonic in three dimensions running around what felt like an open level like in three dimensions and it blew my mind we were both so hyped for it we wanted it we wanted these this dreamcast so bad unfortunately you know i lived in a family where my parents were divorced my mum you know was living you know off benefits and the state didn't have her own income and because she was raising us didn't what well, didn't have the ability to work unfortunately uh she couldn't get us a dreamcast at launch it wasn't within the budget the, the budget of life uh so i didn't get to enjoy sonic adventure or any of the joys of dreamcast as soon as they came out didn't take me long though about a year or two later i was finally able to get a dreamcast and to say that sonic adventure brought me back into sonic in a way that would never like i could never leave it's i can't express how much sonic adventure impacted me i got my sega dreamcast and mum told me you have a sega dreamcast yes uh and the other thing i remember was being told i don't know how somehow i knew it had arrived and it had arrived before christmas or my birthday or whatever and I was allowed to play on it once for a short period of time. It's like, yes, okay, you can get out the box, play it, but then after like half an hour or an hour or whatever, you have to put it back in. You can't play it again until you officially receive this gift. So I took it up to my room, and this is before HDMI, even SCART cables. This was the old RF cable where you had to plug it in and tune your TV into the signal. So it was the worst picture possible. But and my TV was on the way out. It was my bedroom TV. It was a hand-me-down. The picture was dark and fuzzy and you could barely see anything. But I remember plugging it in and playing a demo disc that came with the console, which had Emerald Coast on it. And I played this level on a loop for that whole time. And even though my TV was dark and flickering, the contrast was horrendous. So it was like playing Emerald Coast at night with your eyes squinted. I fell in love with this game. I was so happy playing this game. It felt like everything I'd wanted in gaming as a child into the PlayStation era. It felt like everything had come together at last. It was the best moment ever. And then, the time ran out, I put the console away, and I waited. And I waited. Until Christmas. And Christmas, I got my Sega Dreamcast. It came with some weird game about uh (laughs) penguins or whale sea lions it was a weird racing game set in somewhere snowy where you were basically bobsledding on your stomachs down it was a weird game uh i may have had crazy taxi as well another game that i still love to this day 
But most importantly, I had a full copy of Sonic Adventure. And when I say my parents did not see me for the rest of that Christmas day. Uh, good times. Okay, so Sonic Adventure made a positive and impressive impact on my life. And because of when I got my Dreamcast, Sonic Adventure 2 literally came out like a year later after I got that game. And even more so, I remember reading the official Dreamcast magazine. Can you remember? Like, it's weird to me. I don't even read magazines anymore. But I was reading this magazine and had a review and it had like a 9 out of 10 or something. And I was so buzzing it had a preview in games master magazine who shadow the hedgehog oh so exciting i loved it and the game came out and it lived up to every expectation i adored it i got so invested in the trial system my sister now one thing i need to mention which i forgot to mention earlier is my sister is not a sonic fan but she played games with me and it was a traditional sibling thing where we played sonic the hedgehog 2 and she had tails with the second controller for some reason we would do what kids do and play like narratives in our head as we were playing the game and it was like tails was sonic's little sister because i'm not gonna lie when i was a kid tails agenda was a whole thing and you know we live in a world now where you know that we were i probably more progressive than we realized but when it came to Sonic Adventure 2, she started playing because she wanted to play the Chow game. She wanted to raise the Chow and she was willing to sit through the Sonic levels to do so. And my sister's three years younger than me. And there was just something very bonding about that. It was just nice that we were sharing this game together. Uh, we would watch each other play it and watch each other raise our Chow on our different save files did mean that there was one time where I had a big falling out of my sister and I very maliciously deleted her chow save and when she went to go play her chow had all gone and this girl cried and cried because I guess it's a digital equivalent of killing someone's pet she cried and I, I being up horrible little boy teenager or whatever was like oh no 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 must the, the save corrupted and i think I, at the time got away with blaming the technology um but i think my sister knew <laughs> deep down that it was me being a vile little shit oh dear but again it is just interesting how sonic impacted our bonding 
And in a weird way, I think that continues. So, for example, uh, as Sonic Adventure 2 came out, it was around the time that we were starting to get access to the internet. And when we went to school, and the school got computers for the first time, and they all had internet for the first time, and we were all allowed to browse the internet to find something. Which is weird now. Like, as a kid in going into school, you would not be allowed to just go on the internet and find something, because goodness knows what you would find. But back then, it was all seemed a bit more innocent. And I found the Sonic fan sites. They were, like, horrible, ugly, badly designed websites. But it was just interesting to think that the Sonic fans out there in the world just wish I could speak to them. Wish I could speak to them. And as I got older and became more acquainted with the internet, I realised I could. One of the first websites I ever found was the Sonic Stadium. And I still love that site today. And it's so cool to think that when these games were coming out and being talked about on this website, uh, that I was so invested in this community that I became part of the contributors of that community. And I was so invested in Sonic the Hedgehog that by the time we got round to 2006, when a game that would rock the boat for many called Sonic the Hedgehog on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, a game better known to most as Sonic 06. By the time that game came out, I was able to make a show called The Sonic Show, a video podcast, episodes lasting half an hour to an hour. Um, And it was like a magazine format show for the internet about Sonic the Hedgehog. And my journey in The Sonic Show led me to being recognised. I've signed autographs for people. I have made uh, physical albums. I've made a book. Uh, I've made a podcast, which you're, you know, listening to. Uh, I've done trips. I've been part of helping staff and volunteer at Sonic conventions. Like, the internet turned my hobby and interest into a full-on pastime, like, borderline job. Like, it consumed so much of my life. I've met so many people through my interest in Sonic with the help of the internet. That's wild to think about it. Like, I have close friends. I'm currently planning a wedding, and people on this guest list are friends I would never have met if I didn't like Sonic. That's wild to me. These are people who live around the world and people who live around the country I'm in, who I would have no inclination to know or even find these people if it wasn't for Sonic the Hedgehog. And because of Sonic, and because of just the timing of my age in the internet, I've built friendships and relationships that have lasted me into well into my adulthood. 
We'll put that down as another positive for Sonic in my adulthood. Because Sonic gave me friendships that I am so grateful for. And without Sonic, I wouldn't have that. And if I just said, oh, it's time to move on from Sonic and let Sonic go and, you know, it, it's for young people, it's for kids. If I do that, what friendships am I passing up in the future? What opportunities am I passing up in the future? That's something to think about, I guess. So in summary, childhood with Sonic, great, teen years, amazing, 20s, fantastic. I can't be the only one who's wondering whether Sonic is still relevant in their lives. I wonder who else I can speak to about this. Hello. Hello. Uh, Two questions, because basically I'm going into this Christmas and I'm thinking, but Merry Christmas, by the way. Uh, I'm going into Merry this Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> I'm going into this Christmas thinking, one, I, I'm entering, you know, one of my, I will be approaching my 35th year on this globe. And, oh, terrifying. I know. And uh, I'm thinking, like, what's on my Christmas list? It's a bunch of Sonic 30th anniversary merchandise. And I'm just thinking, like, oh. is it just a bit sad at this point? Am I now going broad uh, leaving the sonic fan uh, generation two creepy uncle f- uh, by doing it so my two questions to help me uh, to give me a paint me a broader picture is what's your earliest memory like positive like memory of sonic that you would say influenced your sonic fandom and two uh how do you feel about sonic now at, at your current point in life <laughs> i would say that the earliest memory the mm-hmm. earliest memory I have of Sonic the Hedgehog related stuff was probably 
like the advertisements in the build-up to Sonic 2. Okay. I would imagine it was that because um, I mean, the, 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 the strongest memory I have, strong, the strongest earliest memory I have is going around uh, a kid in my primary school's class called Jamie Cox who lived just like the road down and there was a queue of kids lining up the stairs um, at his place for the chance to play his tales. Um, see full story in a podcast called Sonic Boomers uh, that you may be familiar with. <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, before that, before that, it, 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 I, I remember the the sort of the awe of everything uh, around Sonic 2. And people being really excited in my primary school class and people debating what Tails was. I mean, he's a fox. Oh, is he? Says little however many year old <laughs> Evan's friends. Which I think I think young Kevin said, yes. <laughs> I remember I I remember at least I remember a conversation between two girls in the class about how cute Tails was. Um it, because for no other reason than because he has two tails. So um so positive <laughs> positive comments from the young generation then. Okay. Um Yeah, so probably that. So that that was the beginning of your Sonic fandom. Where is your Sonic fandom now? Skip to the opposite end of the time scale. The, the, the Sonic fandom now. For you. My identity in the Sonic fandom is uh the left behind dad from the previous marriage. <laughs> no. Oh no okay. Um that's why that's why <laughs> I'm I'm the one who's just like keeping an eye on things as uh the uh, as the kids go off and <laughs> the kids go off with the, with the new parents. Um and I just oversee it from afar, really. I, I have an interest in it more out of a sense of... Uh, more of a, a, a stupid sense of duty and some sort of, like, sense of responsibility, even though it's nothing to do with my responsibility. Uh, it's everybody else's mess to make better or screw up or... Or you know, decisions, decisions, uh, and I just watch it from afar and just, I'm just concerned for the people in it. It was very much a case of well, there's nothing there that excites me now. Boom entertained me. Boom, Boom was like the first thing that entertained me from the franchise in, in several years, and so I was a bit more into it around that time. I I I don't really play Sonic games now. See that's, that's, um, that's part of part of that is. Hmm. You're like, at peace with that. that. That's not like you you miss it. You just like no, just I've moved on, and it just it's just not. Well, it, it's not interested anymore. I I stepped away for five seconds, and it rapidly accelerated away from me. Um, quite happily. So it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I can't remember the last time I played a Sonic game. Like, I really can't. I, I'm planning to play a Sonic game. 
because next year would be 10 years of the Twitch channel and the first game we played was Sonic Adventure 2. And I remain, it remains something I, I love. Okay, here's a question. Here's a question yeah. about that. If you had a... Has, we, we all wish for this in, in, in this day and age. Um, but if you had just free time, free time, no, no obligations to do anything work-related or any commitments to other human beings, and you had your own free time and you could do whatever you want, and one of those options was I could play whatever Sonic game in your own time. No one's watching. It's just for you. Would that it? Would that appeal, or would you say actually there's other things I would rather use that free time for? Um, there are far too many videos to edit. <laughs> this free time, no, no commitment. This is me. Leisure time. There's no such thing. Kevin, you're a stress. You stress me out. Okay. <laughs> Okay. If, if that's you, imagine what it's like for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, I'm gonna, in all uh, seriousness, I mean, I, I would end up probably playing if I had to play anything casually. It would be adventure, or it would be generations. Adventure okay. two story or generations. Never adventure. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be. A, it'd be one of those two. I suspect. Interesting. I've got a sneaking suspicion. I'd really like forces. I've come around to, I think, Pete's idea that actually there's a gem of a really, you know, sorry, the germ of a, like a really, really good game in there that's sort of surrounded by a bump. Um, yeah. So probably that. I mean, the, the 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 converse thing is that despite me sort of stepping, well, sort of start me stepping away from it and it's stepping away from me rather as, as well. Um, yet. In this time period, I've come back to Sonic Rex. Yeah. Which I find interesting in that suddenly, like, one day, even though there was, like, nothing going on, I just sort of went, oh, you know what? I've actually got ideas. The one thing I was really interested in was the freaking advent calendar, <laughs> which, which I ordered yeah. and was then cancelled by Sega Europe Shop. Without any notification as to why, they just suddenly went, we've refunded you your money, thanks. Your name's in a legacy database somewhere flagged up. Rude. <laughs> Super rude. The uh, closest we'll ever get to Sonic Triple Trouble merchandise and cancel it on me. It's true. Sega Sods. Europe, if they're listening, make it right. Yeah, I'm Thank yours. You. <laughs> I finally spy buy something from you and you do this. <laughs> Thank Merry you so Christmas much, Kevin. To you. <laughs> uh, but, Merry Christmas to you, though, Jamie, and anybody else who's listening on this podcast, I guess, at a later date. Yeah. Bye, Mario stuff. <laughs> Bye, Kevin. Thank you. Bye. S sending my See love you to you both. <laughs> Jordan! Hello, Jamie! Hello! Hello! How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Firstly, Merry Christmas. Secondly, Merry Christmas. uh, uh I'm entering this Christmas and I'm looking at my Christmas wish list for Santa, of course, and it's got all, you know, so much Sonic 30th merchandise, da 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 da. And then I thought, I'm entering soon my 35th year on this planet. <laughs> and am I too old for this shit? And do I need to move on? And is Sonic relevant to me anymore? And I thought, rather than just ask myself and the people listening to who can basically be my free therapist as I work this out, I'd ask some friends. So I've got two questions for you to help me form a bigger picture to make my opinion. One, question number one is, what would you say is your first experience of Sonic that 
basically influenced you into being a Sonic fan? Like, what was the first thing that you can recall going back to however young? And the second question is, where do you feel as a Sonic fan now at this present day, at this exact moment in time? Um, okay, well, first experience Sonic Heroes. I was five. My dad played Sonic when he was um, in his 30s. And he bought me that because he was a Sonic fan. And I loved it. I loved the, you know, the characters, the music. Sonic Heroes was, in general was great. And then I got Sonic Adventure next, and that blew me away, and then Sonic Adventure 2, and it kind of just grew from there. It, I wasn't, it was never a case of, like, I didn't know the comics, I didn't know the TV shows, I only knew the 2000-era games. I think my first launch experience game was Shadow the Hedgehog, and I really poor man. hated it. Fucking hated it. It was the worst. Um, but I was losing my mind over 06, losing my mind over Unleashed, you know, all that stuff. So I think first experience Sonic Heroes for the PlayStation for the PlayStation 2 as well, right? I've only played the GameCube version like a year ago, and it's like the best. Um, it's night and day, that. Oh, 100%. It's ridiculous how different they are, but I love them. I, I, I love Sonic Heroes because of the GameCube um, version of it. Um, so that's probably that how i feel so what was it as a sonic fan today yeah right so like how how do you how do you feel as a sonic fan right now as in are you are you a sonic fan does it do you feel it's not relevant to you anymore do you feel that you're more of an observer than you care about it for yourself because i was speaking to another person uh just before you and they said the way they describe the sonic fandom now is that they talked about how uh, they they find it interesting to see what the new generation of Sonic fans are like, and they but they described it as some an outsider looking in rather than being in it themselves, and I found that quite interesting. Um, I wouldn't say I'm an observer. I do think I'm still in the thick of it, but I do feel like um, I do feel like the senior in an office, you know. Like, um, the, the thing that really triggered that feeling for me was the Steve Aoki concert. Because I was, I was watching that. I wasn't even listening to it. I was watching it going like, this this is bigger than just like a video on YouTube because you've got to think what these people are yeah. trying to push for. Sonic has never really been for, for adults. Mm. It's been for teenagers. I wouldn't say it's been for kids. It's been for teenagers um, which I think a lot of people kind of like, you know, um, th- they related to that kind of thing with Sonic. Um, but we, a lot of the people that we know as collectives, we all grew up as teenagers with Sonic, um, yeah. to some, you know, even tweens and earlier than that. Um, I think I'm actually more into Sonic for his visual medium. You know, I, lo- I love the movie. I love watching that. I love all the CG cutscenes in the old games and the new trailers. Um, the games, I've been trying... I was What was it? I was talking to Danny and um, I was saying, I really want to play a Sonic game. She goes, okay, what do you want to play? I'm scrolling through this panel of Sonic games and I'm like, I don't think I like, like half of these. <laughs> like, I don't enjoy them as much as I usually do. I can't play Sonic Adventure 1 anymore it's so just sonic's gameplay is great but it's so bogged down sa2 is a nightmare like sit through the rest of it to get to the good bits i'm like i don't want to do that 
even like Sonic Unleashed. Sonic Unleashed, I, I that is my favorite game of all time. I will die for that game. But I need to to play the version that I want to play. I need to pay another four hundred pounds to get a fucking fridge that runs it at sixty frames. It's a good um, fridge. It's a really good fridge. It's but fridge. I don't know. I think it's free to look at um, animations from the game. The 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 night the werehog short. Um, even just watching people's like fan creations and shit like that. I mean, that's why I'm an animator, right? I, I love all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think, especially in the last decade, Sonic hasn't really been for me. I Lost World is again uh, that doesn't feel like Sonic to me. Um, but that's probably the direction they're going in. You know, forces boom it's all very like this isn't really me i think the film was the closest thing to really drive me back into like this is my sonic or not not this is my Sonic. my sonic is always going to be shown in 2004 to 2009 sonic you know black knight secret rings unleashed 06 um but i think weird era it was a very weird era it wasn't the best but i do think i was i was the most excited in that time i don't think i think in that time i don't think a single sonic game didn't get me excited you know like like even though black knight and secret rings are what they are i was still excited to see everything yeah um you pick up on but... something interesting i just want to say that I'm, which has just clicked in my head was because i was thinking like am i a sonic fan or am i am i just clinging on to nostalgia and stuff but actually the sonic movie is probably the best example of me going oh no shit yeah i'm still fully into this character and like a, yeah. very much a fan and like i watched that film like six times in the cinema and i kept yeah, dragging so everyone I've to see i've never gone to the cinema to watch films multiple times i think i watched it four four and times the, and like i and i stand by it i genuinely like that film and i genuinely yeah, like sonic as a character in it and i bought it when it, i bought the still book case when it came out and blu-ray yeah. and stuff and all of that so that's probably the first time in a long time where I thought, oh no, I I, I am a still Sonic fan. It's just that the output of some of the, the stuff, like you mentioned, video games, probably hasn't hit with me as well. But that doesn't but mean that I'm no it. longer a Sonic fan. It just means that <laughs> the output's not been great for certain we're, we're not in the prime demographic anymore. They do these things like Mania and the, the animated shorts, um, the comics to some extent, they do those things because that's the way that they can keep everyone else interested. They try to please everyone with the games and it doesn't work because they still have their own audience that they want to pander to and like cater their stuff to. I mean, Sonic Colors Ultimate, right? Like that's a nightmare in of itself. And that game caused so much discussion mm. and rave and anger and defense in blockades everywhere i've never heard someone say all oh, patches will be fixing this i've never heard anyone use that as an argument um but they did that because it's a game that did really well and that the general audiences liked and the critics liked um but then they made it <coughs> towards new people again they made a game that was made for new people and then made it for new new people and i'm like that's not whatever so i think everyone there's a difference between catering to nostalgia and having the bits that you like because you can't compare the differences between the sonic series and the mario series right the change yeah. in those games is so significantly different 
the timeline of Mario, the general structure of what Super Mario Brothers and the 3D games are, they're very distinct. You can tell yeah. which ones they are. Sonic has done fucking everything. He's done motion controls. Motion control was a sword. Boosting, 3D, 2D, um, board game. Um, fuck, I'm just looking at this big stack right now. Tennis, uh, airboard racing, guns, um, camera controlled motion control. In two decades, he's done that. Um, we remote racing, you know, he's done everything, which unfortunately is going to create groups of people that grow up with specific stuff. People are going to be saying the Sonic Forces are their favorite Sonic games of all time, and that, you know, Sonic Generations was a god awful mess. There will be people that say that because we've all seen them and we are them. I don't think Sonic is ever going to be in a situation where he doesn't cater to someone because everyone has had something that they love from it and that's why there's so many of us we're not all consistently liking the same stuff the reason that it's such a big fan base is because you've got hundreds of people that like the 2d games hundreds of people that like the 2d and some of the adventure games hundreds of people who love the adventure you see and we go on and on and on and on and on through this timeline which is a good marketing strategy and they keep spriting off into these things tv shows comics movies games you know music everything and i think the core which is the games are not addressed for me anymore and i think rangers or frontiers or whatever it's called is gonna be the thing that makes me go what part of this franchise do i really like not do i like it or not because my thoughts on that is i like sonic the hedgehog i'm a big fan of sonic the hedgehog it's it's part of my life but it's going to tell me what part of this franchise is for me, you know? I guess now I do the big reveal you know am I a Sonic fan am I too old to be a Sonic fan we've listened to my friends opinions we've listened to me going through being a Sonic fan since as a since a child so where do we stand now and you know putting everything together I guess I need to now declare an answer am I still a big Sonic fan have I wasted my whole life do I need to grow up and move on? Or was this all just one big festive midlife crisis? Now, if you look at the stuff that we've collected so far, being a Sonic fan in my childhood was great. Being a Sonic fan in my teens, also great. And again, in my adulthood. You know, Sega Europe ran a contest to declare me Europe's biggest Sonic fan. And they gave me an all expenses paid trip to San Diego from UK to celebrate the 25th anniversary party. And when I say all expenses paid, it was all expenses paid. There was a credit card behind the bar or wherever I ate or wherever I drank, wherever I did. Very, very grateful. Forever thankful, Sega. I wish there was more record of what went down on that trip. 
but it was very fun. Um, and Summer of Sonic, of course, as I've mentioned before, you know, probably some of my strongest and most fond memories of being a Sonic fan. And I have to say, I will always be indebted to Sven, Kevin, and Adam for being the reason that I have those memories. Because if it wasn't for those guys, I wouldn't have been involved until the end, or from the beginning, maybe. So I thank thank you guys if you ever listen to this. Thank you so much for letting me be part of that experience. I do think it really formed what kind of Sonic fan I am. So that leads us to the future. Now, this is the important part, I guess, because even everything up to date was great. If being a Sonic fan from this point onwards is going to be garbage, then why bother? Just move on. <laughs> but Sonic Frontiers trailer recently came out and I have many questions about it and lots of concerns. But it did make me think the reason I have these concerns and the reasons why I might be disappointed or worried. Yes, those aren't the best feelings and I would rather watch a trailer and be hyped. And I know some people are and that's fine. And that's perfectly valid too. But I guess the reason I'm so invested in this game and it doing well and my frustrations is because I care about Sonic and I care about this franchise. So in a weird way, it makes me realize, oh, if I had gotten over it or was bored of the franchise or had grown out of it, I would just watch that trailer and have complete indifference to it. But I don't. I'm just as invested as I was when the trailers for Sonic 06 came out when I was like, I don't know, however old or 16, 17, 18, I don't know. Um, yeah, it gives me a good feeling to think that, you know, <laughs> there is a reason for that frustration. And the Sonic Movie 2 trailer just came out too, and that brought out a feeling of pure joy that I just haven't had with the franchise for a little while. And it just ticked every box of nostalgia and just happiness that a 90s Sonic fan has and would need. And it gives me great hope for the future of the movie franchise. And that just makes me really smile and I can't wait to see it. So, taking all that into account, my conclusion is, with the help of course, you guys as my therapist, that I will always be a Sonic fan and I'm very happy to be a Sonic fan. I think the only thing that changes is as we get older what the definition and how one would express being a Sonic fan changes. And I think the key difference is that I need to get over myself. <laughs> because you gotta remember guys and I need to remember this most important that just because I have had Sonic in my life for almost three decades does not somehow give me a more valid or correct stance on anything in the franchise. Sure, it gives me a certain point of view, and I think there are people who find that point of view useful, uh, but it's not the only point of view, and we can't say that it's the correct one. And I need to learn to respect and appreciate 
the younger fans, the fans who've come in at Sonic Forces, the fans who have joined from the Sonic movie, who don't have the jadedness that I might have, and just they just love Sonic, and they're just so excited, and they want to make their fan art and draw cartoons and write stories about this hedgehog and pitch ideas to each other and play with the toys and all this sort of stuff and who am I to cringe at them because oh my gosh Elisa having fun with Sonic <laughs> so I think in summary having thought about it long and hard yeah I'm still a Sonic fan I'm just an older Sonic fan and that's perfectly okay and I will continue to enjoy Sonic in every single possible way. So that's good news. I, I think we're happy with that. I, I'm happy with that. I'm glad that I don't think I'm too old to be a Sonic fan. I'm, I'm glad. I think I've realised what boundaries that does mean and how I need to understand that, you know, a Sonic fan at my age is different to a Sonic fan at 15, at 10, at 20, at 25. And that's absolutely fine. We all have different life experiences and that's what makes the community great. Let's just hope that as Sonic fans we can continue to be better at listening to each other. <sighs> that might be a bit harder, but who knows? Let's, let's, New Year's resolution for 2022. When Sonic fans have different opinions to you, just try to remember that they have a different viewpoint than you do. And that, that's okay. <sighs> Great, well, I feel like my midlife crisis is sort of lifted from my shoulders, which means I don't have to burn the house down, which is fantastic news because I don't have insurance. Uh, I can enjoy my Christmas. You guys can enjoy your Christmas. And this is not the only way to feel festive at Christmas with the opinions zone. Um, I must admit, you know, possibly not the most cheerful way to do a show, but who cares? It's Christmas time. It's a good time to chill. And you know what? I feel better for getting this stuff off my chest. And I thank you guys for listening along with me. My dog has been by my side snoring this whole time. I hope you've been able to listen to her in the background, providing audio quality via her nostrils. Uh, but this is it. Uh, if you want to listen to more Opinion Zone, then you're absolutely... Please do. We have more Christmas episodes too. All you need to do is go on to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, any good podcasting platform and search for The Opinion Zone. Or if you want, search Sonic the Hedgehog. We usually appear near the top. Um, but you, you want to search for The Opinion Zone. And give us a subscribe. Give us a listen. And in fact, if you go back to last December, we had a really fun uh, Christmas highlights episode where I picked all my favourite bits from the Christmas specials we've done over the last few years. And if you scroll even further back through the Christmases, we have uh, other... Uh, Christmas specials called the Christmas Craptaculars. We did one, two, maybe three of them. Go listen to those. They were good fun. They were done with a place called Radio Sega, so check them out. But it's all on the podcast feed. Uh, guys, I'm so pumped for 2022. I appreciate you guys listening to this so much. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, have the most wonderful Christmas and happy holidays, regardless of what you're celebrating. I just want to send you love and peace and joy. And uh, if you have asked Santa for something, 
Um, I hope you get it. I hope it's something Sonic related. <laughs> and uh, 2022 is going to be great. Frontiers, the new movie. Goodness knows what other collaborations of stuff Sega are planning for us to spend our money on. It's going to be a great year. And it's always going to be a great... Every year is a great year. Why? Because Sonic Community keeps things going. If it wasn't for the Sonic Community, I don't know how any fan would have bared the storm. Well, the storm. The vapidness that was the gap between Sonic Forces to 2022. That's a long time. I think the game came out, what, 2017, 2018? Anyway, I'm rambling. Merry Christmas, everyone, and happy holidays. See you in the new year. And uh, I'm... uh, I'm just going to chill. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for fixing my festive midlife crisis. (laughs) 